Welcome to Classic Comic Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we can't resist. Uh, we finished the first Thor arc by Walter Simonson, and we just had to plunge into more of this greatness because this comic never stops being good. So we're talking about Thor 349, 341. I can't speak today. Uh, one of my, well, they're all great issues. I love the title of this issue, though. The past is a bucket of ashes. I mean, what do you think of the issue? I really enjoyed it uh, for some iconic stuff that we'll get to. Um, but first and foremost, finally kind of realized when Walt Simonson got rid of Donald Blake, which is actually this issue. And we get like a cameo of uh, somebody who's not necessarily in Marvel Universe, which is kind of cool. It's a superhero team up, kind of, sort of. Yeah. It's such a cute scene. Let's just jump to it. Let's do it. So Thor 341, love the cover. It's like so dynamic, right? Yeah. With the monster just looming over Thor. This really shows like what a great cartoonist uh, Walt Simonson is. And I've heard that uh, Walt Simonson loves dinosaurs. Like his uh, signature is a picture of a dinosaur or something Mm -hmm. and so he every chance he gets he wants to make monsters and dinosaurs and this was probably he wanted to like you know get some of his his favorite stuff in and it's pretty clear like he didn't especially care when this creature had appeared before he kind of plays around with that instead he just like i want to i want a dinosaur we're gonna have a dinosaur yeah yeah he's all like you might remember the last time uh these two fought, but you don't get no points for it. <laughs> this is such a great splash page, too. Oh, I'm just going to be raving this entire half hour. Yeah, it's a good one. Makes me sad to see the Twin Towers, but uh, we get the Chrysler building, too. Yeah, yeah. And Thor looks so heroic. <laughs> I like this page. Yeah, everything about this page, right? What do you like about it? Well, the punks are funny, but also, like, he didn't want to draw the bottom part. Hey, you know, I'll talk about this later. Don't worry about (laughs) it. So you know what that's an allusion to, right? Is that the the John Byrne, like, snow issue? No, this is Secret Wars 2. Oh, okay. Oh, is that what happened? I didn't know that. So he walked. What happens after in that blank page? What's the oh, back? we're gonna get to that in a couple of months. I actually prepared this. So oh, Thor, it will. Thor, the, oh. Thor 363 is an amazing crossover with a power issue power pack. And at the end, spoilers, Thor turns into frog. Oh, okay. Can't wait to read that. One of my favorite storylines ever. Oh, so this is a, he walks into Secret Wars 2, which is, I mean, I don't know. We're going to go off on a tangent probably talking, but that's not the good Secret Wars, right? That's not the popular one. (laughs) Neither one is good. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know controversial opinion a lot of people love secret wars one now secret wars 2 is a terrible one all right 
Jim Shooter kind of writing his hate mail for Steve Gerber, among many other things. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, of course you wouldn't like it because you're a Gerber head. That's right. <laughs> Gerber's my man. Cool. Awesome. Although I love good old Walter too. Learn something new today. There's two really cool moments on this page. Well, no, like this whole page is great. Because mm-hmm. I love Thor just sliding down from, from the stars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the perspective in panel one is just so cool. Mm-hmm. Like so smartly done. And then the bit of him, like we see him through the bars from the mm-hmm. perspective of the punks. Like that's just really clever storytelling. Mm-hmm. I like that in movies, comics, whatever, when they split up the screen with the bars, it's just always such a great effect. Panels within panels. I also think that this first part of this issue is, uh, you know how like Chris Hemsworth in the movie, I feel like a lot of what he's based on is this particular character from now on, because everybody thinks he's so handsome, he's beautiful, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, but we also see he's just kind of a regular guy. Yeah, yeah. Here's our friend Lorelai back again. This time, causing assholes to fight in the subway. Uh-huh, yeah. Note that you can tell this is the '80s because there's graffiti all over the subway train there. Yeah, I've taken those subways. They're fine. I don't know yeah. what. To and actually, uh, there's a part I want to allude to. We're not gonna once we get there. I'm gonna make a commentary on it. It's really funny. Okay. That guy's got a tattoo on his hand, so he's like he it's like he beamed down from 2023. Mm-hmm. And then Lorelai sees the monster. More fun Simonson storytelling at the bottom corner of the page too. I'm I'm interested in seeing this because she she has the power of persuasion. Apparently, the monster actually persuades her. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if that's true. Maybe we'll find out later. Maybe she persuaded him inverse persuasion. Hey, him thinking that she he persuaded her, but she really persuaded him. I don't really know. Ooh, the classic double double cross. I don't know. Maybe. Ooh. I haven't I haven't read further, so I don't know. No, I love this game where we're not reading for, further. Mm-hmm. Sorry for spoiling it with the Thor frog, but I know you remember the Thor frog. I know of the fourth Thor frog. I didn't know what happened, but it's all good. I don't mind. Okay, I can't wait to I'll read forget that section. I'm, I'm getting old. So I'm losing my memory, so I'll forget by then. <laughs> you meet both, buddy. Uh, this part is fun. Uh-huh. It's like he comes and he's all like, dude, I'm not Donald Blake anymore. I can't live anywhere like regular places. Can I get a place in Manhattan? No, but you can get a place in the crappy old Brooklyn, which right now Brooklyn is expensive. It's like the right. area. That's what was kind of funny. It's so cute. Fury says something like uh, even Shield can't afford an apartment in Manhattan. Yeah. Funny. this is so cute uh, this is the part you were talking about yeah yeah he dresses he acts like superman now uh-huh i could see a lot of the women went crazy for hemsworth in that in that kind of it, outfit, it is hemsworth. Right? Yeah, yeah it's totally hemsworth totally hemsworth those shoulders and those arms and the glasses 
Mm -hmm. Totally 80s glasses, too. Uh-huh. There's our crossover. Let's go, Clark. We're going to be late for the conference. Now, I have a question here. So this is the shooter era, right? Yeah, this is still shooter. Um, so around that time, there was a there were a lot of crossovers between Marvel and DC, right? There were a couple, not nearly as many as there'd be ten years later. Uh, well, ten years later was in the nineties when they're all desperate trying to make money, right? Yeah. But during this time, they had the in the famous like Superman, Spider Man. I think they had Batman and Hulk. I think they did right. Those are all a little bit before this. Yeah. Uh, so they yeah, Simonson whatever. drew X Men Teen Titans, but that was I want to say like, yeah, it's about the same time. Mm -hmm. And then Byrne drew the um, what was it the um, Byrne drew something like Galactus, Dark Side type of. Oh, that was in the nineties though. That was nineties. Okay, got it. The reason I asked this is like, this occurring in a Marvel issue. Do you, this was like. If if the editors had seen this, like, ah, oh, it's all right. Or would they have, had they caught it, they would have said, no, 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 we shouldn't have it. Because right now, you won't see something like this at all in Marvel. You will not see it. Or DC. Oh, I think this was everyone just playing around. I don't think anyone especially cared. Because, I mean, if you look at Marvel, like DC right now, they go out of their way to cross over with everybody, like Batman, Turtles, you know, all that stuff. But uh -huh. they won't do anything with Marvel. And same thing, Marvel won't even touch anybody else because they pretty much own everybody because it's Disney. Mm -hmm. But um, so I'm just curious. So they wouldn't care. Okay, that's interesting. No, they were just playing. And at that time, no one would really care. Oh, okay. God. There's a little tiny thing here too, which is uh, within a few years, Simonson's wife was writing Superman comics. Right, right. And so it's like a little bit of like a flash forward in a way. And actually, Simonson has had some really cool Superman issues himself. Yeah. There's a couple of them. There's one, I think, the 666 one or something, or Action Comics 66. That was a cool one. It's like where he's like fighting the devil or something. I don't know. Oh, I got to read that. It's been on my list for a long time. Man, this is such a good issue. We just diverge. <laughs> it's so surprised. I was not excited about reading something about him fighting. And I already like, four pages into it we're like diverging into other topics but this <laughs> i was excited about him bumping into clark so let me one more question <laughs> so do you think when he bumped into clark clark fell by accident or actually thor is that much stronger than superman oh i have a theory about that i'm glad you <laughs> asked i think remember in the christopher reeve superman how he would always you know over like pretend to fall pretend to be klutzy yeah. pretend to like yeah. in, like in superman 2 he, he falls into the fire and that's how he accidentally reveals a secret identity i think he's playing that same game here i think he's okay, being, well, that's, Christopher yeah. Reeve being a klutz that's exactly what i was thinking of because it's like or is it like thor is like that much okay cool yeah and then i i really imagine lois lane as being the Mar margot kidder lois lane you know this ultra tough uh just aggressive woman pushing Clark around the entire time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that look. And like, you could, I, I think he, he's pretending to fall also because of that look on his face on the second panel there. 
Oh god. I like he the looks like he's smiling. Yeah. It's funny that he's fooled by glasses too, even though he used the same trick. I thought it's so clever. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, they get serious again. Odin's got plans. Mm-hmm. I think this is just beautifully, oops, it's beautifully illustrated. Mm -hmm. One of the things that Simonson does so well is he brings the mythology in as like a core part of Thor. It used to be like the mythology was one thing and the earth stuff was another thing. But here he just like really illustrates how everything's connected. Which is mm -hmm. another thing that like points towards the movies. Mm -hmm. The guy given the not got not uh, not Don Sugar Jarlson. <laughs> name too. And, and and the construction supervisor just being like, ah, I'm not going to hire. Well, you tell me why to hire you. Look how big your shoulders are. Sigurd Jarlson. I don't know if we ever have seen anyone else in Nick Fury's family. There's probably other moments, but it's kind of cool to have like Nick calling a favor from a family member. You know, I think I uh, just a little quick thing about Nick Fury is I love Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury in the MCU, but it's such a shame that we don't have the. Uh, Steranko theory in the movies. That's really what I was hoping Secret Invasion would be like. Mm. So they would have like another theory? Or yeah. just like something that's really kind of pop art style, you know? Mm -hmm. Even if it was Jackson. Just something like that just felt cool and different. Mm -hmm. I love those comics. They're so fun. Yeah. Maybe in a what if. We'll see. Oh, I hope so. That would work really well with a cartoon. As a cartoon. Cool. Awesome. But yeah, Nick Fury's cousin works at the shore. Who knew he was a teamster? Guy's got to work. Yeah. You can't... Uh, uh, no one asks how Lorelai got up there. Like, literally, like, how would Lorelai get up there? It's... Okay, the monster put her up there and everything, but like these, the construction crew had no idea. It's just like such a random thing for them to have experience. Yeah. So we get Thor in his human form, blending into action, and then I will be thy death. Fan fear. It's Fanfear, right? That's his name, Fanfear. Fanfear, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you could see how much uh how much Simon someone loves to draw this stuff. I wish he'd drawn like Godzilla or something, because he obviously loves this stuff so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's interesting. <laughs> Godzilla. Um, you think about he did a... He did three issues of Fantastic Four with Art Adams, who loves Godzilla himself, like monsters. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, he should have he should have drawn it himself. Yeah, but that issue had a lot of monsters too, just like this. Oh, we should talk about that sometime in the future. Love to dig that one back out. 
Back to our doom. Now we're getting some answers. I'm summoning the dark elf. Yeah. And then back to the battle. I think it's cool how he never transforms into his superhero suit. Mm -hmm. Keeps himself, you know, dressed down as Sir Guard, whatever his name is. Just looks like some dude. Yeah, the only thing is those glasses. I don't love those 80s types of glasses. Yeah, those aviators. He kind of looks like <laughs> there's a mugshot of Jeffrey Dahmer that like looks like <laughs> looks like what's someone... <laughs> dude, you went so dark all of a sudden. I know, I don't know. I didn't <laughs> there's a picture that looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know. Go back one one page. No, two pages. That one, right at the second panel. Oh, yeah. It looks like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sorry, wow. I know this is not time to talk about... No, anyways, we can go forward. <laughs> wow. Super dark, man. <laughs> oh, he does transform. I'm such yeah, an idiot. Yeah, transforming. Thank God, yeah. Because he's got to wear the suit. You, you gotta, gotta wear the helmet with the wings. You gotta wear the suit to kick ass. I think that's all about. It's so fun. With his nose sparking with fire and everything. Mm -hmm. Is he speaking English, by the way? Are they speaking Norse or something? Or is it a silly question, but what language are they talking with each other? I don't know. English, probably. It's a common language of the world. <laughs> probably like the Shakespearean. Where I was once a mortal king who was dallied with paltry evils. Now, because of Odin, I am an invincible creature of hate. Yeah, it does sound like it's, it's so Shakespearean. Why is he so... Isn't that better? Like, he was mortal because of... I don't know. I don't get this kid. He's got a lot of resentment. The ultimate killer. Resentment is a killer, man. He's like Lex Luthor. He's just pissed off because he not get, doesn't get to be his old self. Mm. Well, Odin himself destroyed my people and forced me into this wearisome exile. Mm. So, okay. He's got no family, no friends anymore. That's a pretty good reason to be mad. Yeah, that's true. All right. All right. Odin Odin's not the perfect guy everybody thought he was. Yeah, and so he's going to get his revenge by killing his kiddo, and that also seems like a pretty logical approach to take. And they already fought before, so... Yeah. There's precedent. He's mad at him, too. Yeah. I like that lettering, which I assume is John Workman? I wonder which one of them did that. It, probably John Workman, yeah. I was debating with myself whether I liked the, the lettering on top of the fire or not. Oh, okay. I like the way it's done. It's kind of like, it's got foreshortening. It's cool. It's corny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty corny. But you're right. It looks so fun. And, oh, Fafnir's so mad. He's just ranting. He's so pissed off. And now mm -hmm. I shall have my long-delayed vengeance. That's so Stanley. And then we get another nice tangent that leads to our next subplot. Yeah, like you keep saying, I mean, like the subplots are just hot and heavy in this. 
comic. That's a form of storytelling, apparently, like in these uh, monthly sh- stories is like you just introduce a bunch of stuff, you you know, and then so you have storylines always go back to. Yeah. It kind of gives you a chance to think through what you want to do with these stories. The next page, the way he draws the woman, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know, like those Conan, maybe Barry Windsor Smith kind of a drawing. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, the eyes are different, but yeah. Yeah, the way she sits. Yeah, the way she sits, exactly. Yeah, I really see that. Love her helmet. A helmet with the jewels hanging down. Looks like something for like Cleopatra would wear. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Barry Windsor Smith in there. Now, was Barry Windsor Smith a contemporary of Frazetta or somebody who was influenced by Frazetta? He was influenced by Frazetta. Okay, got it. Okay. Frazetta so really emerged in the uh, early to mid-1950s. Mm-hmm. So he drew some of the last EC science fiction stories. Yeah, yeah. Or co-drew them because he was pals with Walt with um Al Williamson Al and Lloyd Crankle. Yeah, yeah. And so there's some EC uh sci-fi stories from like 54, 55 that he drew. Then he drew a few solo stories, and then by the early 60s he was drawing paperback book covers, mm-hmm. the Conan book covers. That's when he became super popular. The reason I ask is I've seen Walt Simonson kind of look like Frazetta a lot. And I'm wondering if Simonson was influenced by Bayer Windsor Smith or Frazetta or pretty much everybody. Well, pr- probably pretty much everybody. So Windsor Smith drew his... The, remember he drew a, uh, an issue of Avengers and an issue of X-Men and an issue of Daredevil in like 1969 or 19, 1969 or so. And they were mm-hmm. terrible. And there's stories about him sleeping on a park bench in New York City because he didn't have enough money to afford an apartment when he came over from England. And then by 71, he was drawing Conan because he was cheaper than uh, John Buscema, who really wanted to draw Conan. Mm-hmm. And then by like 72, 73, Smith was a big star. And then Simonson graduated art school, if I remember right, in like 72, 73, 74, somewhere in there. His senior thesis, by the way, was the Star Slammers book that became something he did later on in his career. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, and so, and at the same time, Smith was becoming popular. Also, people like um, Michael Caluto was, were becoming popular. Bernie Wrightson was becoming popular. And so Simonson just came very slightly after the, the Caluto and Wrightson and Smith group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was definitely influenced by them, but they obviously were friends, too. That's right. They're kind of contemporaries. I think what is interesting to me is uh, what I've heard is Simonson was studio mates with Frank Miller and Chaikin, right? Howard Chaikin. Yeah. Yeah. So I do see a lot of the some Chaikin books, like the kind of the look of Chaikin. I don't see too much Frank Miller, but during this particular time that Simonson is making this classic Thor run. Miller is doing Daredevil, right? I think at this point, uh, Chicken was just writing American Flag. They just finished drawing it. And I think Miller had just left Marvel after Daredevil. 
Oh, really? So 83, 84? Uh, I think he had just left Marvel in 83 because Ronan comes out either 84 or 85. Ah, okay. okay. So yeah, I mean, they were super, they were all really big at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a really fine line and they, they're seeing each other's art the entire time. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can really see this cross influence. You're right. I don't see Frank Miller too much, but maybe it's just my eyes can't see it. I see Miller in stuff like the page where Lorelai is hypnotized. Ah, okay. The little storytelling tricks. There it is. Like in that in the corner of this page and the way that diagonal works. This feels like a like something that's influenced by Miller, or maybe they talked about it. Because mm-hmm. that's very kind of that's the kind of thing you would play with in Ronan. Mm, okay got it um and then yeah like little bits in here too just feel a little bit miller-esque like the way he uses the blacks of the birds that's true that's right yeah that makes sense so i don't know i think i mean i think they're all kind of cross influencing each other and this stuff too that this like darkness with the light that feels a lot like miller's daredevils like all the scenes where um, the kingpin would sit brooding in his offices. <laughs> okay. Cool. I mean, Miller was so big at that time too; it was impossible to escape his influence. Mm-hmm. Like it, like Miller was the biggest artist. Uh, like the only artists who compare were people like Liefeld and Lee and McFarland ten years later. There are often a lot of tangents today, but they're I think they're interesting tangents. Yeah. That's what classic comics cavalcade is about. I know a few things. Yeah, I'm, that's why I use you. <laughs> I come here you get, in, get schooled, go to school. <laughs> so the battle keeps going. Thor holds back a dam. No big deal. Just a normal day's work. I think Simonson blows a chance here to have a spectacular scene. Mm-hmm. This could have been like the Ten Commandments. This could have been like this amazing moment where Thor himself holds back the raging R- Hudson River. Mm. Yeah, or it could just be that he ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's like, I got three more pages left. I got to get in the subplot with Loki. Yeah, I got three pages left. I got to make sure that there's a closure on the woman, on L'Oreal. And I got to make sure Loki's scheming. The last time we were talking about how much I hate the recoloring on this, and this first panel is another example of that. I bet this looks beautiful in the original. I just mm-hmm. feel like there's too much rendering here. In terms of the, well, the background, the lights, you know, the the stars, you know, it's like, hmm. Yeah. It's just, it, it takes away from it to me. And then we get Lorelai. The end, I'm saved. But she has the truth. Lorelai. summoned away. Mm-hmm. Totally satisfying ending. Does she know that's that's Thor? You think? I think she's trying to uh, suck him into her devious plans or Fafnir's devious plans. 
mm. whether he's defeated or not, he's got ideas of what he wants to do with her. Oh, got it. Okay. Cool. And Fafnir's not defeated, right? He just runs away. He's ran away, that jerk. He'll be back. We know he'll be back. Because mm -hmm. he's being manipulated by Loki. The most satisfactory entertainment. I'd say this has been a most satisfactory entertainment, wouldn't you? That was fun. Great discussion. Great tangents, too. I loved it.